Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, I've got Tukan Das. And Tukan, you're the founder and CEO of LeadSift. You're on the web at leadsift.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks a lot for having me, Josh. Well, from a high level, Tukan, what does LeadSift do? I'm on the website right now, and I'm, I could tell you, like, as uh, you know, someone who really, really loves great sales and, and marketing systems, this looks like a really good product that can solve some big problems for folks. Absolutely. So LeadSift at a super high level is an intent data platform where we help other B2B technology companies hmm. identify which accounts and which contact within those accounts they should go after based on buying intent behavior by those organizations and those companies and those people within those companies. Uh, so yeah, so that's what Leadsip does. Uh, and so are you working primarily with then so where you're like APIing with other platforms or do you, do you have clients that come directly to you to say, hey, we have this problem. Can you help us fix this? 70% of our customer base and revenue is direct. Mm-hmm. Um, and other 30% is through channel partners who white label sort of our data. Um, when, when customers come direct to us, this specific use cases, majority of them are B2B SaaS companies. Mm. Um, and it's typically their demand generation, marketing director, VPs of marketing that come to us. And they're basically the challenge that they're saying is, look, we have a pretty good idea of what our total addressable market is. We understand what our ideal customer profile looks like, but you know there's fifty thousand people in that, or yeah. fifty thousand companies with half a million people. Mm-hmm. Rather than boiling the ocean and trying, you know, you know, beating my SDRs to death to go reach out and and and, and, yeah. and build pipeline, can you tell me signals so that my marketing motion can focus on the right kind of companies? Uh, and also, I can send some of this data to my sales development team to go prospect into these accounts. Uh, so that's the problem they come to us with. And that's what we help them on a daily basis. Uh, so what would, those, what, would those, what would be some examples of those signals? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So we take, well, let me, let me back up a little bit. Right. Intent data um, is... In, in B2B, it's it recently, it's one of the hottest topics, buzzwords. It's a category on its own. Everyone is talking about intent signals, intent data. And for good reasons. Intent, uh, intent data is buying intent in its core form. Basically, it means the probability of a company needing your services or your solution at any given time. That's all intent is. Now, obviously, if you're a sales and marketing person, you obviously want to know that. That's the most important thing is you knowing when someone is in buying journey. Now, there are many different ways to predict buying intent. There is no one single way that someone could say, hey, I know for sure 
this company is going to buy a cybersecurity solution. I wish that was the case, but that's not there. So in the absence of that, what companies like ours, what we do is we look at multiple different signals on the web to mm-hmm. make that prediction that some company is in market. So now going into some of the signals, an example signal could be if you are a cybersecurity solution company, if someone is talking to a competitor of yours anywhere on the public web, mm-hmm. or if someone is talking to a complementary company or a partner of yours, that could be a signal. If someone is researching or engaging with topic around endpoint threat detection, which is a cybersecurity topic, that could be a signal. Mm-hmm. If we see someone all of a sudden hiring for a bunch of cybersecurity engineers or security engineers, that company might be doubling down. Wow. What if, what if we look at SEC filings and see a publicly traded company saying that they're doubling down on their security system? That could be a signal. Yeah. So when we look at intent, we consider all of this data that's available publicly. It's just, it's not humanly possible to go through 77 million sources of data every day. Our system extract that and pick up these signals and pass this intelligence over to you so that you can then run your sales and marketing plays. That is incredible. And <laughs> it's, you know, I, I like it because, you know, ultimately, I, I think what, what, what's, what's really annoying is, you know, marketing or sales that is just, it's just misplaced, right? It's just like, you know, you're trying to just shotgun approach, like it, it's a waste of time for the company. It's certainly a waste of the time for the person who's on the receiving end of that. You know, you know, if I get one more DM asking me about my IT services, you know, I'm like, I don't think you know who you're talking to. You know, it's, Absolutely. Yeah. And that just happens all the time. So, you know, I think, you know, relevant conversations uh, is how sales gets done. And in you know, a the, timely manner, I would yeah. say also the time dimension. Yes. Now, so, so, right. So to strike when the iron's hot. So if a new piece of information is made available, you know, you know it's like, um, you know, even just something as simple as, you know, just kind of as an example of this, like if, if I put uh, a job notice uh, out and I get someone who responds like within 24, 48 hours and they otherwise seem to match all the qualifications and I kind of need to fill that position guess what? Like I'm going to probably, their, their name is going to be at the top of my list. Uh, and Absolutely. you know, if I talk with them and, and we, we see this, the same principle in media as well. So, which we've had some experience with, um, when a journalist is looking for help with a story, if you're Johnny on the spot and you respond and, and you're the first, you know, first mover advantage, right. And you, otherwise match their qualification, what they're looking for, and you're offering to help, bam, guess what? You're going to get the job. So if if a piece of information comes out and this is a dream customer of yours and they just gave a signal and you're there not to, you know, to sell them on something that's irrelevant, but you're there to serve them and help them. Hey, noticed dot, dot, dot. And, and it's almost like, you know, it's gotta be from their perspective, kind of like, well, that's, uh, the, uh, number one, thank you. Number two, that's almost a little scary how quickly <laughs> you read my mind. Um, so, I mean, again, and what we're talking about is not, um, I mean, this is all public knowledge. Um, so, 
uh, you know, are we talking about um, just, it could be news sources, filings with SEC, what other things? I, I would imagine part of the onboarding is like, all right, guys and gals, let's take like three hours and think of every single thing that could be a positive indicator. Is that, do you have a meeting like that? Uh, similar, but not three hours. We have yeah. streamlined okay. the process. So uh. the way it, come, it works is you're a customer, you come in. The first thing you basically tell us is, what is your business like? So you might be an accounting software, you might be a cybersecurity vendor, you might be you know, IT services company, manage IT services, you might be a MarTech solution, a marketing automation solution. You basically say which business line you fall under. You give us that input. The moment you enter that information in the system, our system maps that business category into few pieces of information. It maps to all the vendors and all the competitors, all the complementary companies in that space, saying, hey, these are companies that I believe are a cybersecurity solution vendor. You need to be tracking them. So that's first thing. Second thing, the input setup that does is it takes that topic and identifies a core set of topics and keywords that are relevant to that. Third thing it does is it also maps it to list of job titles and, and typical roles that map to that. So all of that is automatically mapped by the system. And then you go in and say, that looks good. And by the way, I don't care about everyone. I only care about folks in above 500 employees in North America, and they are typically senior IT level. So they give us that information, that's the input. Off we go, start crawling the web, looking for these signals, cross-reference them with their buyer persona and send that over. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of folks on, you know, sales and growth live in their CRM. So tight integration is probably pretty important. How does that work? Yeah. So one of the things we have done, we made a conscious choice is the customer comes in, they set up this search, the intent search in -hmm. our system, and the data is pushed into their platform of choice. We do not want them to be logging into leads every day to get data. Mm. So they say, I'm interested in these topics. These are my triggers. This is my buyer persona. By the way, send this data over to my Marketo or send it to my Salesforce. It's a classic example. If it's put into Marketo, these are pushed as leads. If it's being pushed to Salesforce, we do some intelligent routing there. So when we are pushing a contact, what we see is, does that contact already exist in your CRM? If it does, we would update that contact record saying, hey, this contact did these, these activities. And we look at who the contact owner is, send a notification to the contact owner saying, hey, by the way, this contact owner was doing something with your competitor 24 yeah. hours ago. So yeah, so that's how the flow works. Now, you know, aside from just um, identifying a lead and saying, okay, well, here's their email address or here's their phone number, give them a call. Obviously, another use case you could do with this is you could start making sure that everywhere they go on the internet... <laughs> You are there uh, if they have a high enough buying signal. Can, how does that work? Yeah, so it works slightly different. Rather than tracking a person, you can track a company. So a lot of our customers do target account less, like ABM type approach. So yeah. they would upload a list of their dream 100, 500 customers. Right. And they basically say us, guys, anytime you see a signal on this company that is pertinent to our industry, whether anyone in their organization is researching or engaging with a competitor, you know, doing some growth signals, researching about our topic, attending an event, let me know. Not only that, also let me know if there is any kind of positive growth events happening, meaning 
did, are they opening up a new office? Did they new, win a new business award? Did they announce a new partnership? Is there a new case study they published? Notify me of all these activities as this company is doing so that my sales team that is doing an ABM approach is constantly updated with this information without them doing this manual research. Yeah. a oh, man. I, okay. I like it. <laughs> so uh, in terms of like your client, your, your dream ideal client, um, uh, you can you talk about maybe some more like who would be a good fit for your product uh, yeah. from a direct standpoint? And then yeah. um, what does pricing look like? Absolutely. So our ideal customer profile, we are, we are going pretty niche. So we're focusing on companies, our sweet spot right now, is companies between 50 to 500 employees, B2B technology companies um, that have an ACV of, you know, $10,000 themselves. So they, they do have some kind of demand chain outbound motion. Uh, those are the companies that we are going after. Mm -hmm. Typically, we talk to marketing, demand chain growth, those kind of roles. Sales is brought in, but it's owned by marketing. Uh, in terms of pricing, our pricing starts off at $1,000 a month and scales up based mm -hmm. on how many business lines they're tracking and so on and so forth. Right. Right. You know, you think of the value, you know, for your average B2B company, right? Of like, you know, the, the potential ROI on that can be pretty good. Absolutely. I'll give an example of a company that's really big in, 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 in the B2B SaaS space. You, you guys have all used it in the conversational commerce space. Uh, in the first 90 days of leveraging LeadSift, the revenue that was influenced that they tracked was uh, a six figure. So they influenced pipeline was over $100,000 in the first 90 days of actioning the data. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, it is, if you are actioning the data from marketing and sales, um, the impact on your revenue is, is pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. So leads if you launched in uh, 2012, so uh, getting on nine years now and where, what's your background Tukan? Yeah. Um, so my background is in computer science, um, specifically within computer science, my specialization is in natural language processing. Mm. Um, so that's, that's where, where I come from. A lot of data mining, data science type activities. Um, even the journey of LeadSift is also pretty interesting. So yeah, it's, it's definitely eight plus years now. When we started, Josh, we, we were not doing what we are doing right now. Our core mission when we started LeadSift, we didn't even know, to be honest with you, what was leads what was lead generation what we i mean we, it was founded by me and a couple of my other co-founders all technical people what we realized was there's a ton of valuable information that is out there on the public web mm -hmm. that using our knowledge of data mining and data science we can extract automatically that could be used to better connect a buyer with the prospective seller that was the whole idea was to extract these signals so that a better, like someone who's selling something can better engage the customer who's in need for that. So when we started for the first three and a half, four years of our business, we were not selling to B2B companies. We were selling to large consumer facing brands, whether it's MasterCard, GE, Ford, Chrysler, LG, all these companies, we were selling them, telling them information about who's looking to buy a new car, a new house, new credit card, new phone, and things like that. Um, that's what we did for the first four years. And then we pivoted from scratch 
2016 March into the B2B intent data sales intelligence space. Yeah, yeah. And then um, when you first launched, like what was your go-to-market or how did you get your first handful of clients? Uh, that's also an interesting story. When, when we first launched, the first time we launched, like first time we started in 2012, we raised venture capital money and, and we hired um, a, a head of sales. Mm-hmm. And our, uh, my, me and our co-founders, our approach was we have a very bare bone product, um, like literally a glorified minimal viable product, just a proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Our comfort zone was writing code, doing research and going back to that cranking out code and algorithms. So our go-to market there was, you know, we, were, we started writing code and we, we had the salesperson, we expected unfairly to him, for him to go and sell this, this product um, on his own. So that, that was, in, in hindsight, that was the biggest mistake. We made a biggest learning and it's because of our fault. Early on when you really have a bare bones product, no one outside of the founder can sell it better at that yeah. point until you have a yeah. repeatable process. So we made that mistake. And so then when we started this company, uh, like this version of it, when we pivoted, um, what we did was for the first year and a half, we literally leveraged LeadSift at LeadSift. So we were using LeadSift to identify which companies and contacts to go after based on signals. And we would take that data and we would cold email LinkedIn prospect to those accounts. I would do that. And 80% of our revenue was outbound. We basically reach out to people and book meetings and close deals. That was our go-to market. And then once we had proved out the process, then we hired another salesperson, we hired BDRs. And now you have a pretty good demand gen engine going where I would yeah. say most of 70% of our business now comes inbound, 20% outbound and the rest yeah. referral. Well, congratulations on that. That's a good position. That's a great ratio. <laughs> I know. I know. That's excellent. Well, Tukan, um, so for someone who's like, okay, I, I like the way that this sounds, um, obviously you can go to leadsift.com. What, where would you recommend they, they look first? I would, I would go to leadsift.com, uh, mm-hmm. book a meeting. Um, someone from our team will be, whether myself or my colleagues, would, would schedule a call with you. The best thing is in our call, uh, one of the things we do is we try to provide genuine value to the customer. So we'll uh, understand your problem, um, where you are at with your demand generation. And then what we actually do is we actually show you a list of accounts uh, that are showing intent towards your business. And we give that to you with no strings attached. We say, hey, these are some companies just to show you what kind of data can you get and how much of that you can get. Uh, and if that looks good, then you go through the rest of the sales process. So yeah, leadsip.com, book a meeting request a demo, uh, someone will walk you through and show you some real accounts that are showing intent towards your business. You'll be surprised how many of, of those are. Some of them might be actual existing customer of, of yours that might be thinking of churning. So Yeah, yeah. I love it. Tukan Das, again, founder, CEO of LeadSift.com. Tukan, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks a lot, Josh. It was great. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag 
up my influence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.